So hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb, joined here by my fabulous co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing wonderful. Hope you are doing good. We are doing good. Uh, we are getting into a hot streak now in California, so that's going to be interesting. It's going to be 100 uh, in the next couple of days. We all love that in California. So we want to remind everybody, though, that all of our shows are brought to you by Suspense Magazine, so please make sure you visit suspensemagazine.com for more information on everything that we got going on there, including... Of course, our anthology, Nothing Good Happens After Midnight, which is by Jeffrey Deaver and Linwood Barkley, Reese Bowen, Heather Graham, John Lesquois, a bunch of other people in there. So check that out. It comes out November 17th, Nothing Good Happens After Midnight. But we have a very exciting guest on today, Jeff. Uh, we're going to be speaking here with New York Times bestselling author Laura Griffin. She's going to be talking about her first book uh, in the new Texas Murder Files series called Hidden. So without any further ado, Laura, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? We are doing fabulous. I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's been oh, great. Thanks for having me. So, like I mentioned in the, just a little while ago, that the Texas Murder Files series, Book One Hidden, it comes out August 25th, so people can find that when, uh, whenever they hit the episode. They go out and get it in whatever format you want to get it in. It's available all over on August 25th. So give us a little bit about Hidden and what you got going on for everybody, since this is now Book One in the series kicking this you're saying it's a series so we know stuff's going to start continuing that's right well hidden is uh like you say book one it's set in my hometown of austin where i live austin texas um hidden is the story of bailey rhodes and she's an ambitious female investigative reporter and in the story she teams up with a police detective to um kind of get to the bottom of a murder it at first it seems like a mugging that may have turned into a um, a murder, but as she kind of digs into the case, she starts to realize that there's something more going on, and she kind of comes to the conclusion that the killer may be using some advances in facial recognition technology um, as a lethal weapon to target people. So she starts to get onto the trail of this guy, and that's kind of where the story really takes off. Well, I, I want to ask some more questions about that book for in a moment, but I have to ask... What is it about Austin? Like every author I know seems to live in Austin. What is it about oh, is that Austin? Right? That's so cool. <laughs> Austin yeah. is a great city. I mean, I've I've lived in a lot of big cities, but this one is just there's just a there's a good vibe down here. It's very um it's artistic, it's very, you know, free, welcoming, um I don't know how to describe it. There's a there's a very vibrant art scene here with live music and um I don't know, it's just it just feels like a good town to live in. It's 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 got a small town feel, but it's big enough that you kind of get some of everything. You get a lot of diversity, um, and it's beautiful. It's sunny, like you know, most of the year. You, people love to be outside, love to be outdoors. It's beautiful. I can't say enough good things about Austin. Uh, you can <laughs> definitely my. <might> well. <laughs> you can because we talked about this off the air, Jeff, right before you came on. Is that. And I, and I always say this when everybody's in Austin, they have the nicest squirrels ever on the University <laughs> of Texas campus. That's all I can say. That's, that's about all I remember from Austin <laughs> when I went there. I remember the squirrels. I've, it's a place I want to visit. It's, it's like number one on my list of places I want to visit. It's so much fun. Yes. It's kind I of mean, a very progressive Texan city for Texas, right? Is. I mean, Yeah. For a long okay. time we've been known as the blueberry and the tomato soup, but I think that's kind of changing. You know, Texas is changing a lot, and um, – but, you know, Austin is just, I mean, I love living here. I've, I grew up in Houston, um, oh which God, is, you know, much that. bigger. But, um, 
but Austin's a good size. You know, it's it's a great place to be. It's really beautiful, scenic. You get a lot of people that love to be outdoors, paddleboarding, you know, kayaking. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And I literally just got the what you just said, the blueberry inside the tomato soup. It literally <laughs> just hit me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sounds I, – I, I want to try it now. Um, what about the story – made you realize that you wanted to start a new series with it rather than put it in one of your other series? Well, you know, the, the new series has some similarities with my previous, my longest running series is the Tracer series. Um, that's a series based on um, a forensic crime lab in the center of Texas. Um, and it's, it's, it's called the Delphi Center, and the people that work there are called tracers, and they use trace evidence to solve crimes. So everything from DNA to ballistic evidence, fingerprint evidence, all kinds of interesting forensic things. So um, I love to write about forensics. I love to research forensics. So that's, that's an element in almost all the stuff that I write. So there is some of that in the story. And um, it also has a, another thing it shares in common with um, the new series is the setting of Texas. So, like I said, I grew up in Houston. Um, I live in Austin. You know, um, Texas has a lot of really fun settings to write about. You know, there's so much, um, so many different landscapes, so many different towns and places and people. So you can kind of go in any direction with the different story. So I wanted to write a new series set in Texas, but also include some of the things I love to write, which is forensic, suspense, that sort of thing. Let's get a little bit into uh, let's get a little bit into Bailey, okay, and, and Jacob into this. Let's talk about kind of like their creation. So, was it when you decided to kind of do this series? Was it the characters? Was it the plot that you were trying to explore? Was it a little bit of both? Kind of how how did kind of Bailey and Jacob end up being uh, like the two to want to kind of lead this forward? Yeah, well, I I was drawn to Bailey's character from the start. I mean, I I got my start as a writer, as a newspaper reporter. And at the time I was living in, um, I started out in Nashville and then I moved to Chicago. So I was a newspaper reporter and when I was starting out, you know, you're the kind of, you know, first, you know, the youngest person on the staff and they kind of give you all the assignments and all the, you know, not the not so fun shifts, like you have to work holidays and weekends and everything. But the good thing about that is that you become kind of a generalist and you can kind of cover any story, just whatever happens. So that's when you get to cover some of the hard news. You know, you're, you're covering a shift on a weekend and everything's quiet until all of a sudden, you know, there's a fire or there's an armed robbery or there's whatever happens. And so you just rush out and cover that. And I really enjoyed covering the hard news. And so when I broke away from journalism and started to write fiction, I was just drawn to, you know, the crime, the crime stories, the crime, the crime plots. And so, um, that that was kind of where I, I started um, with fiction writing. And so I really have always wanted to write an investigative reporter character because um, I never got quite so elevated on the staff that I was an investigative reporter, but I, I really enjoyed being a reporter, and I loved just kind of the buzz of the newsroom and being in the news and, um, you know, covering things as they happened. So I wanted to write a character like that. And so it started with Bailey and her profession and what she does. Hmm. Cool. Um, so you got, you wrote romantic suspense for a long time. Um, I'm thinking of like the alpha crew and um, I'm wondering, are the thrillers you're writing now 
what what elements of writing romantic suspense are you using in the work that you're doing now, and is there really a difference? You know, it the lines kind of blur. I think that um, for me, I really love to include a relationship in any story that I write. Um, and you know, they all have varying levels of sensuality. So some of them, like the Alpha Crew, has it's a little bit more sensual. The you know the story Hidden is a little bit more heavy on the suspense. So, you know, it varies from book to book, but um, I like to have a relationship at the heart of the story because I feel like it just kind of gives it more of an engine to your plot um, because you've got the kind of the tension of what's happening in the mystery, you know, the mystery that the protagonist is trying to solve, but then you've also got the tension in the relationship. And so when you kind of toggle between those two things, it kind of keeps the story moving forward. So, and, you know, it's just entertaining. I, I enjoy reading um, any kind of story where there's a relationship at the heart of it and, um, and you kind of get that banter between characters. So to me, that's, that's part of the fun. Cool. Now, with every book that you kind of write, there's always a challenge, right? There's always something either you're pushing yourself, there's something hard that you're trying to accomplish, or, or something that you're trying to do new. What was it about Hidden that, that kind of fit into that, into that category that kind of was challenging for you? Yeah, I think for Hidden... Um, so I, to me, the challenge with Hidden was to create a whole new story world. So um, the Tracer series that I've been working on for a long time, I guess that I, I got to book 13 in that series, and I decided I wanted to kind of break away and do some other things. So to create just a whole new, a whole new world inhabited by new characters, um, and you really have to build that. You know, you do it layer upon layer. Um, settings that you want to return to, people that you want to reappear in future stories. And so every, every time you choose something, whether it's a place or whether it's someone's name or, or you know, what their profession is going to be, you're kind of thinking ahead as to, you know, how am I going to weave this person into the next story or the next, maybe it's just the next scene, but you're going to carry these people forward. So, so that's, that's the challenge. And it's a fun challenge because you're kind of, you have a clean slate. You know, you haven't painted yourself into a corner yet, so you can kind of go in whatever direction you feel. So, so that's part of the fun. Well, John knows my next question because we have this argument all the time. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was coming. You didn't tell me, but I knew it. And I almost brought it up because you just said something very important that I'm going to bring up when he asked this question. I already know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. You will. Well, it's, it's the question of series versus standalones. Mm-hmm. Um, you write series. Why do you write series? You talked about, you know, you have to start from scratch, especially with Hidden. But what is it about the series that you like so much? You know, I like to, I like to get invested in a character and then revisit the character. So, I mean, some of my favorite books are in series like I love to read, you know, Kathy Reichs or Patricia Cornwell or Michael Connelly. Um, some of my favorite writers have a character that I just love to come back to and see, you know, what's going on in the next book. Um, so, I'm so sorry. My phone dropped. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> okay. So you're going to have to start Were this whole gone? thing all over again because oh, okay. I missed the whole thing. The part about oh, really? what? The, so series versus standalone. Series versus okay. standalone. Okay, go. Um, well, I like to read series because I like to come back to a character that I love over and over again and see, you know, what new adventure is in the new book. So uh, some of my favorite series that I love to read are Kathy Reichs and Patricia Cornwell, Michael Connelly. Um, so, 
So to me, that's what I love to read. And so I love to write that too because you get to kind of revisit your characters, revisit their you know, relationships. Um, and one thing I do is I try to kind of strike that balance because each of my books is a standalone plot. And so the characters reappear from book to book, um, but each different book focuses on a different hero mm-hmm. or heroine and a different plot. So you can pick up any book in the series and just read it from start to finish and understand what's happening. Um, you don't have to have read the book beforehand to understand what's going on. But if you did read the book beforehand, you, you'll recognize familiar characters, you'll recognize some of the settings. So I kind of like to have it both ways. <laughs> I kind of like to have familiar <laughs> yeah, characters, but also have a plot that someone can just pick up the book and start it and just dive right in. Mm-hmm. So I think, so you know... It's kind it's, of like... It's kind of like an SVU, Law & Order SVU series, where there's always something plot-wise every episode that's new, but, you're, but to really get the idea of the characters, you kind of watch it from the beginning because it's their life that's being thread through all the plots as the fluid yes. motion. Exactly. So each, right. each book is a self-contained story, and you can just pick it up and read it, but if you've read the previous books, you'll have a little bit more, you know, more layers of... of context because you know you know the past relationships between a couple people or you'll recognize the settings from a previous book so to me it's just a richer experience of your reader you know because these these places come back again and again and i'm the standalone guy so i will give my version and the reason i'm a standalone guy (laughs) is because you did say something that was very important you said that with this book one you started with a clean slate now book two that picture is already a little outlined in a little bit because you've already had book one, so you're just going to have to you have to kind of take the picture moving forward, and then you're filling it in, and then it gets a little further as along to where you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of knowing that you had to sit down every time at that clean slate, and that you had to create something from scratch every time from zero to a hundred. You had to go, and I just find that fascinating. Because yes. for me, like, writing a song is like the most incredible thing that somebody can do when they're doing all the instruments and the lyrics and everything and the medleys and everything that you hear. It just, it, I, I find it so beautiful as an art that you can do that. So I love standalones. Now, I love series when I know there's a hard ending. Okay. So like, so you know so like how Lord many of the Rings, the, trilogy, right. <laughs> boom! I know okay. it's a trilogy, trilogy. I'm out. I got it. <laughs> you know. Well, well one of the things, I, that, and I love series because, and he loves series. I love you. You have to start from scratch essentially each time you're writing, but you also have to incorporate characters that I'm familiar with. Right. And I'm going to be very picky because I like these characters and I want to keep seeing what they're going to do. Right. And I like but, that. On the, flip side, on the flip side, if you take, like, Alex Cross, Luke and Davenport, Jack Reacher, you know that they're not going to die. So anytime they're in danger, I feel zero suspense. Okay. Yeah, because I hear what I you're know saying. they're going to make it. So I, <laughs> you could put them hanging upside down, alligators, sharks, something. I don't feel any suspense at all because I'm like, yeah, well, just get out of it so you can move on because you're going to be in the next book. So stop. You know, so that's why, for me, I think 24 was one of my favorite series because besides Kiefer Sutherland, everybody could have died in that show. Nobody was and ever they did. 
There were no guarantees. And they did. Yeah. And so I love that feeling when I pick something up that I don't know anything that's going to happen inside this book. Well, what I, one thing I love about a series is so. that if you find one that you stumble into one that you like, even if you pick up mm-hmm. the middle book or the last book, um, but you see it in an airport, you buy it, and you're reading book nine of something, if you, if, you, if you like it, there's so many more you can go read. So if you're a binge exactly. reader like yes. I am, I, I you can just voraciously that. read all these, all these books right. and just kind of stock up on them. So because then, like too. you said, there's a comfort feeling knowing that if you're in book nine, when you read one through eight, you already kind of have an idea of what you're going to get. It's a comfort in knowing you're going to get a good story with a character you like. Yes. Yeah, and I get exactly. that. But, like, at what point do sometimes the characters get dull? Because I'll be honest, I have no problem, and I'm always honest I tell, and to a fault, is that, like, I love Case Garpetta. Yes. Leland Gaunt is one of my favorite villains ever written in a series. And I uh-huh. told Patricia that when I met her, and I told her. But then I also said to her, but your niece has taken over Kay, and I got bored. So Lucy was, was encroaching on Kay's Too much. limelight. Yeah, okay, I hear you. She knows everything. <laughs> and to me, it was too much. So I yeah. told her that, and she thanked me, this and that, and I just said, hey, but I love, I love Kay. I loved, like, the first 10, 11 books. And then I think it got too much. Well, so. I think that um, I think that sometimes what I found from a from a writing perspective on series is that sometimes you can you if your series becomes long enough. For example, this the Tracer series that I wrote has thirteen mm-hmm. books in it. Some people are hesitant to just dive in. You can tell them each book is a standalone. You can tell them that, but some people right, say, "Well, no, I still want to read them all in order." Okay, so. It gets to be a little bit daunting to pick up mm-hmm. book one if you really are trying to get to book thirteen. So, um, right. so if you're if you're trying to kind of, you know, like finding two graphs expand, and now. Ooh, you know, appeal to new people. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's good to to start with a book one so that people can feel like it's it's manageable. It's you know, oh well, there's three. I can read three. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's pros and cons, but. It is. it is fun it to is. begin and a series because, it, like, like we said, the clean slate. And I, and I love finding, and I find it fascinating here from the author's perspective because you're the creators. I'm just the watcher. You're the one telling the story. I'm the listener and the watcher here in this situation. So I love to hear the perspective of your guys is how you put, you know, how you came up to do a series standalone. You know how you decided to kind of have your career go, and I just always find that fascinating. Well, yeah, um, it's seriously fun. better. <laughs> um, Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> I'm curious about your research. Um, you said you had a journalism background, but uh, your novels really get into areas which, you know, are, they're pretty expert in some cases. So I'm wondering, how do you do your research? Well, I think that's where the journalism background comes in because the, one of the first things I learned, you know, in the newsroom was, I had an editor, and he always said, don't write from your chair. Don't sit in your chair and make phone calls and write your story. You need to get out there. You need to talk to people face-to-face. And I, and I just always carry that with me. So um, one of the things I love to do when I start a new story is, is to really get into the character. And so the easiest way to do that um, is to reach out to people who have the job of that character. So if I'm writing a um, 
if I'm writing a DNA specialist, I'll go interview a CSI, a crime scene investigator. If I'm, if I'm, I have a heroine in one of my books from last year that was a forensic anthropologist, so I went and interviewed a forensic anthropologist. So whatever it is um, I'm writing, I like to interview people, meet them. If I can, go where they work and see what their surroundings are. And that's when you get all these colorful details that you can weave into your story. You get you know, just little quirky things that they do. You get kind of some of the jargon of their workplace. You, you kind of see some of the banter back and forth with people. So, um, so that's what I love to do. I, you know, do a, whether it's a police ride along or go to a crime lab or, you know, just sit down with someone who does something um, that, that I'm writing about. And so in the case of this book, Hidden, um, I kind of stumbled into this storyline because I was researching a different book called Deep Dark. And that book was about, um, kind of touched on the dangers of online stalking. And so in order to research that book, I went and interviewed the FBI cybercrime investigators that, in San Antonio, at the, at the office in San Antonio. And so I was sitting in this room with these guys, and, and they'd, some of the stories they had to tell, I mean, just it's really eye-popping work that they do, um, some of it very grim. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was how easy it is to stalk someone using online devices. And so that kind of led to this plot where um, that's a key element of the story where um, she's, this reporter is uncovering how did this killer target this victim? How did that happen? And she starts to kind of uncover all this, these technologies that, that were used and she just kind of uncovers that there's a lot more to this murder than meets the eye. So that's kind of the impetus for that story. So you're saying that there's a lot of scary stuff out there that the public doesn't know. <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> My family teases me that I'm so paranoid all the time because I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, every, everything, I mean, I see, I see. Uh, Can you give us one example of something that grim probably people don't know? Every, that, around you know every about? corner. What's that? Can you give us like one example of something that you learned that, re- that really surprised you that you would think that people would have no idea about? Oh, gosh. Um, for this, I mean, I think just facial recognition technology, like I had no idea how pervasive it was until I started to really research it, but it, it's just everywhere. And Do you think that's um, why some companies are scaling back on it now because it was too pervasive? Uh, you know, and I don't, I don't actually trust that people are scaling back on it. I think it's exploding. And I think that, oh. um, people are starting to realize that it might be a PR liability to really emphasize how much they're tracking people, but they are tracking people. Everybody's tracking people. And I think, you know, we've kind of seen it this summer, just the, um, as people are, we've had so many protests and demonstrations and, you know, people are starting to, to think about, well, what are those drones doing above that demonstration? And what, what are those cameras picking up, you know, on that, on that public space of those demonstrators? I mean, police body cameras, um, I mean, if you, if you really learn about where fa- facial recognition technology is being used, it's, it's kind of, some, in some cases, it's kind of disturbing yeah. um, that okay. we've really traded away a lot of our privacy just for the sake of convenience. So, um, and we did it without chilling. even complaining about it. Like, well, yeah, I mean. Complain about it. 
we were like, oh, you mean I get to have this phone? And it's just, oh, yeah, I don't care if my vacation. I don't care. Yeah, whatever. No, just let me have what? Let me have the shiny thing. I don't care about what it does. Just let me have the shiny thing. Exactly. And, and things that are convenient, like the, the, the uh, fingerprint, you know, you know, put your fingerprint down and access your computer, access your phone, yeah, like touch stuff like that. Just I'm always like, no, <laughs> don't give away your biometric like, data. I mean, be, no. That thing is safe now someplace. Exactly. <clears throat> I don't Very know. big Weird, brother, you know. Now, is there a subject that you just won't touch that, that's just too far for you? As a, as a parent, I, I really have – I don't want to go deep on, like, child crimes. You know, that's just hard. Um, and it, just for me, I read, I read fiction as kind of an escape, and so that's just a – that's just the type of fiction I'm not interested in reading, so it's also something I'm not interested in writing about, you know. Um, you know, I have stories that touch on that, you know, just just superficially, but I'm, I haven't written a story where, you know, some, you know, child rapist or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I guess, I, guess I, I write about a wide variety of of, of disturbed people <laughs> because you, so you like to explore those emotions different. and characters right you like to explore that it's exactly i mean yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and every story can't be about a serial killer some people are motivated yeah. by other things like greed money um i mean i passion, find human jealousy fascinating you gotta find them fascinating mm. well i'm curious um what's coming up for future I'm assuming you're going to write a second in the Texas murder, but are you going to follow up also with more of your Wolf Security or even more Tracer books? Well, I've kind of, I've always keep those doors open. So um, the next book that I have coming out is called Flight, and it is book, it's the next book in the Texas Murder Files. And it picks up with um, – so the main character in this book is, is Bailey. It picks up with her sister. But it's set in a different part of the state. It's set in the – Texas coast and so it's it's actually we talked about clean slates it's kind of a new a whole new story world because this story takes place along the Texas coast it's kind of a beach resort town and so there's a whole new kind of set of people and and circumstances so it's kind of having it both ways so it's part of a series but it's also a different a different place so um, that's that's the next book that comes out next spring and then um, but I've always you know, like to keep the door open, might go back to the Tracers, might go back to um, another series I've worked on recently, the Wolf Security series, um, and it features a team of, like, security specialists. So um, it's, kind of, it's kind of just what, what mood strikes me, I guess. So, so you write more than one book a year. That's right. Usually yeah. about two books a year is what it averages out to. Okay. Anything film-wise has been ever thrown around with uh, your series or any of your books? We've had some nibbles over the years, but nothing has um, has materialized really. Um, I've always was it a certain tracer novel, or was it just the series in general, it was, or was it? I've, we've had some interest in the tracer series, but nothing okay. ever really, you know, came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, you know, a lot of people are like some of the forensic shows, you know. There's so many right now, but um, yeah. but I've always liked it because the the common element for that series is is the setting. It's the crime lab, 
So there's so many story possibilities. There's all these different experts at this crime lab. There's a ballistics guy who's a former SEAL. There's a DNA expert who's like kind of a kind of more of a scientist, you know. Um, there's, I mean, all these different experts all gathered together, and they all have such different quirky personalities. So um, there's a lot of different story possibilities, which is what I love, why I always have loved writing about it. Um, but um, nothing, nothing in the works right now. Okay. Oh. But I do, so, I really love, as just, a, as just a, a reader and a watcher, I do love to read and watch shows that are based on books like um, the Michael Conley Bosch series, for example. Or, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, I just, you get hooked and then you just want to see the next one and the, you want to follow all the secondary characters and, you know, again, binge watching. <laughs> So you want to know something funny about that Bosch series? So my other job where I work is downtown L.A., and at the office that we work in, that is where they filmed the Bosch series before we moved in last Memorial Day. Oh, you're kidding. So Amazon was actually there around last August, and they sat in our conference room and were filming the outside of L.A. all day long because they needed the continuance so when they moved to a different place they could still put – the same background behind it, whatever time of day they were shooting in. Oh, so, yeah, that's they were great. there all day. And I talked to them, and I was like, so what are you here for? And they said, oh, this used to be where we filmed Bosch, so we need to have the shot that we always had to continue them, so we had to stay here all day and all night so the sun goes down, so they got the whole thing. And that's I was like, great. oh, pretty cool. <laughs> well, what I'd love to see is the actual house they use for his house, because that place oh. is amazing. It has that view of I'm the sure whole city. I'm sure it's an IMDB, and I could probably drive to it. I'm sure it's around somewhere. I'd love to think. live there, but that's that view is staggering. It is. Yeah. Is it like a Malibu view? I don't even know. Oh, it's just this gorgeous view of the city, you know, from a from a oh, hillside. Okay. So not of the ocean. I'm sure I'm sure most LA cops have a house like this, right? Yeah, right. So he's probably in the Hollywood Hills then, looking down over the city, because that's that's where they have the best views in LA. Is is probably that area. <clears throat> I can't well, remember in the story exactly where he lives, but it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The TV I know there's version a lot of stuff that goes on around MacArthur Park and Hyde and stuff like that in his series. So that's always right around like just the downtown gritty parts of L.A. is where a lot of that is. If you ever watch Frasier, that view out his window is not real. So I'm just saying. Oh, really? <laughs> the yeah. Seattle view? Me, you, yeah, um, you can't have that view anywhere. I mean, you could have the Space Needle in the background, but that close, you would have to be uh, living in the, on top of a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. So, so yeah. Laura, I've got to ask, I'm curious, before we kind of start wrapping up, how did you celebrate when you found out that you made the New York Times bestseller list for the first time? Oh, my gosh. That was an amazing and moment. what book was it that, that did it for you? Um, well, I was part of an anthology. The first time um, that I, my name was on the list, was I was part of an anthology with um, uh, Sherilyn Kenyon and Cindy Gerard, and we did a suspense anthology. Um, but the first time I made it solo, just me, um, was Deep Dark, the book that I just referenced, um, that I was researching when I talked to all oh, the FBI okay. agents and um, – <clears throat> got kind of the seed of an idea for this book that I Is just that wrote. Book, book five in your Tracer series, right? I can't remember which book. Or four. It, 
think it's. I can't recall. I, I don't okay. remember it's earlier, um, though. It's which one it was. But anyway, um, oh, I think we had champagne and just. But uh, I just remember just, just a feeling. I mean, you know, you work your your career for a goal, and that was one goal that I had in mind for a long time. And did, um, and did your agent call you? Is that how you found out? Um, I think my editor called me actually. And they found it before it hit. Yeah, my editor called and. Um, but book it 10. was just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's book 10. Oh, Is it book, book 10? 10? Okay. 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 <laughs> wow. No, that's, I mean, you know, and it, yeah. So, I mean, you've just been pounding it and bam, there it is. And then you're like, hell yeah, we're popping this. <laughs> well, and I didn't really, you know, you don't really believe it till you see it, you know. So it, I had to actually look at it in print and just see, see it and, <laughs> to really, to really feel like it was real, you know. So yeah, that's cool. Fun moment. So, so your website, LauraGriffin.com, is that the best place for everyone to find out about all your information yeah. and like your portal to get to your social Absolutely, media? Absolutely, yeah. The, the The website is a great place to kind of learn about the books and learn what's coming, and then all the social media buttons are there. So if you want to connect on, you know, Instagram or or Facebook or Twitter, or whatever. Um, but yeah, the website's really the best the best landing spot for for that. So yes, please check it out. And you Lord have a great um, and you have a great excerpt excerpt excerpt. I can't. Even oh, say good. It. Yes, that's of, up um, too. Of hidden of hidden on your website too, so people. Yes, can read thank a you for reminding me about that. Yes, that that is there. And also, I should mention that um, this this time the publisher created this really beautiful book club kit for hidden. So if oh. if it's if it's something that your book club, if you, your book club likes to read, something with some suspense in it, um, and it has, you know, discussion questions, it has, like, the story behind how the book, the idea for the book. Oh, it has um, my favorite Austin margarita recipe in there because that's something that will make your book club meeting more fun. Um, and so, anyway, if, if you're interested in the book club kit, that's on there, too. You can just check out the, the book page for Hidden. Nice. Yep, there it is right there. I'm looking at it right now. That's cool. Yeah. Very nice, Laura. Well, I want to thank, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a pleasure to speak with you for the first time. Uh, congratulations. Wish you nothing but the best. Again, everybody. Thanks so the, much. The book is called Hidden. It comes out August 25th. You can be able to find it in whatever format you want to find it. It'll be an audio too, right? That's true. Yes, it will yeah. be an audio as well. Nice. So there you go. Uh, August 25th, Hidden. Laura, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'll be right. here. Thank you enjoy you. it. We'll talk soon. Bye.